And now, live from Studio One in Castlebar, it's the Jack McDonald Show. Yes, you are all very welcome back to the Jack McDonald Show here on CRC FM, and it's a pleasure, as always, to be joining you. I am about nine hours away from uh, the penultimate test of the driving ability, of course, down to Port Leash at uh, six o'clock in the morning to get this test done. So, of course, we're going to be trying once again to test my knowledge. We'll have Shane and Sean O'Hora calling in. Sean O'Hora will compete against me in a a little bit to see just exactly how good both of us are at that driving uh, theory test knowledge. Also, uh, in the papers, there's a lot of stories to get to. But firstly, if you want to contribute to the show, that is 087-935-0043 or email studio at crcfm. Now, a lot of stuff in the papers. I don't know if many of you throughout this pandemic have been unemployed and have claimed PUP. And indeed, for many, there's no shame in doing so. Uh, Of course, a few people are maybe skimming off the top a little bit. Those who definitely are skimming off the top are jihadists. That's right. Apparently, both ISIS and Hamas have benefited from our lengthy PUP. The last 15 months, we may have put more than one uh, AK-47 in the hands of extremists overseas. This is according to The Sun this morning, a bizarre headline. But apparently, PUP for jihadists. So Irish terrorists used pandemic dole to fund holy war. Jihadist suspects used pa- uh, pandemic social welfare payments to fund Islamic terror groups overseas, the Irish Sun can reveal. Top cops discovered PUP payments. Cash was being transferred to groups such as Islamic State in Syria and Hamas in Lebanon. Investors, investigators from the Gardaí's Counterterrorism International Unit, part of the Special Detective Unit, made the findings as the cops arrested 18 people because they were funneling money back, allegedly, to some of the lads over in the terrorist organisations. A bizarre story. And, you know, they're, they're stopping people on the roads now. Um, they're stopping people, you know, they, they're doing this thing where they will check to see if you have been driving, you know, much, and they're going to see, yeah, are you making a few too many sh- uh, trips to Tesco and you're supposed to not be able to work? At the same time... Some of the money is going to Jihadi John and co over in Syria and Lebanon. Crazy. Anyway, um, in case we offend any more terrorists out there, we will move on. Some people that are easy to offend are wrestling fans. And certainly this story, and I believe it was also The Sun, very fruitful today. A fella decided... Big wrestling fan. Uh, Of course, John Cena is a huge wrestler. He decided to change his name to John Cena. That's right. Lewis Oldfield. How how old would you guess he is? Maybe he's... uh 12, 13, 14. No, he's 23. And he had been play fighting while boozed up. He got dared to do it. He paid 45 quid. Oh, which means he's Irish. Even better. Uh, for the six deed uh, documents as proof of his bank uh, organization and other stuff. Uh, he went on to actually spend a whole 85 euro on a new passport to actually get the name. He said that we'd had a few drinks. We were play wrestling. I mean... Listen, I can understand maybe filling out a few of the forms or stuff, but to file for a passport, I mean, how drunk can you be? One thing led to another. They dared me to change my name to John Cena. And now this guy is, I suppose he's in the paper. So fair play to John Cena Jr. or whatever he's calling himself these days. Um, Let's see, Pop Smoke. He has his, uh, he has a new album coming out. It's his second 
posthumous posthumous album. Basically, he's uh, this is you know he, he's dead now, but all of his studio recordings have been sampled together by various people behind the scenes. So that's going to be a good one. Then uh, one of the last stories of the day. Apparently, two hundred and seventy Irish have applied to Europe's new space uh, division. Very interesting. I'm not sure any of you out there would you go to space? Let us know. Oh eight seven nine three five double zero forty three if you would go to space. But well, two hundred and seventy of our own natives have decided. Yeah, I would go to space. So this is part of the, the the new, I suppose, European initiative world worldwide, but more so focused in Europe to get us to space. And so they've decided. Yeah, uh, two hundred and seventy Irish people have decided. Let's go to the moon. And so more power to them. Then uh, the final final note is social distancing measures are to remain in classrooms. This is, according to a report in the Irish Times, a really horrific report when I read this. I'm not sure how much News Talk and all the other various outlets, big outlets, cover it. But the atmosphere in classrooms, right, the atmosphere with all of these distancing measures is like like... Like all of those terrorists who've been funded by PUP have killed a load of people outside the front door. It is the most solemn, bizarre environment you could ever find yourself in. It is like everybody has had a death in the family the night before. It is absolutely bizarre. There is absolutely no atmosphere to a classroom. There, there isn't even the people who usually would be on their fifth suspension don't even have the energy to raise their heads and... I think a lot of it can be can be deemed down to the current situation. And so I really don't think that uh, these measures will, uh, of course, maybe there's a public health initiative and certainly cool guy Tony Hulan will definitely be arguing for them. But there's a, there's definitely also a public good here to be weighed up, which is the fact that we don't want people, you know, we talk about mental health all the time. We don't want people, you know, walking solemnly depressed. I'd say the alcoholism rate is going to skyrocket. I mean, that's already been kind of uh, proven throughout all the different countries, but you're going to have really young, you're going to have fourth years, fifth years becoming alcoholics because of this, you know, because of this crazy situation that we find ourselves in and where you can't even, like, exchange a little comment to the person beside you for fear of getting thrown out of class or or something like this. I I think that's uh, much too far, but um, let's let's hear what you have to say. 087-935-0043. That's about it from the newsroom today. I mean, you can have uh, ISIS and health organizations all in one bulletin. It's not too bad. That's it, as I say, from that. We are going to take a song from Tupac. Then, as of course I said, in a few moments' time, we will be joined by Sean O'Hora and Shane O'Donoghue to see what we can do with the theory test for the second time. And a little later, we will bring you a conversation I had earlier with our ref, of course, the Mayo fan page. He's a crazy guy. He he just is. So I'm sure you'll enjoy that. But for now, here is that song I've been uh, talking so much about. Here is one from Tupac. This is All Eyes on Me. All Eyes on Me. Well, you are very welcome back to the Jack MacDonald Show. Now, earlier today, we set up a transmitter on the hill and we've tapped in to a signal being emitted from RF Towers. And I believe we might have the very same man. RF, are you there? I am, surely, Jack. Okay. Uh, great to, to be on the show. Delighted to get a, an unusual request through a Facebook Messenger, something I don't really use that often. I heard the, the, the unusual ping on the phone. I was like, Jesus who communicates through Facebook Messenger. But lo and behold, 
young Jack McDonald was on the other end. How have you been in the in the last while? I mean, sport hasn't been on, which means the RF page has had to probably pivot a little bit. Yeah, it's been <laughs> like that couch and friends when they're bringing up the stairs. There was a lot of pivot in the last uh, 12, 18 months. But the page is going well. Like, you know, it's... I suppose it's primarily a sports page, but it's just my musings, my thoughts, really. I kind of just went from when the football stopped, talking about other stuff and uh, opinions on different things locally, nationally, whatever else, a couple of funny videos, a couple of things like that. It's worked well on Twitter. Um, I have a page on Instagram. I think that's where I came across your page. Yeah. It may have been TikTok. Mm. Um, I came across a couple of the short clips, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, this, this guy this guy is good. I enjoyed it. Um and I've been watching your shows ever since. It's been very good, Jack. Fair play to you. It's enjoyable. And it's great to see a young fella not giving a shit and just going for it. Well, thank you very much. Let's talk about how you got started. So it's a, it's a little bit of a peculiar thing to spend all of this time running a GAA page. How did you get started? Um, like I always was into the GAA. I suppose it started in 15 or 16. 2015, 16, maybe, 17. I'd say 17. I'm not sure. Like I just went off social media. I was sick of the the crap that was on it, and it was just all you know. Everyone trying to show off and show this this good side of life, and things aren't even that way. And I just probably got a bit too much. I was like, this is crap. You know, mm. this is nothing like what it's supposed to be. Um, so I got rid of all, got rid of Facebook, got rid of everything else. And um, after a while, I was, you know, I managed the football. So like I said, I. I get the Twitter account set up, um, change the name, um, change my name for my name and then put it as our rep and just sort of ran it as kind of like polls, I suppose, like who do you think is going to win this match? Who do you think is better? But then I kind of got into the Mayo stuff and more local club stuff and I just started talking about that and it was kind of obvious after a while it was from Mayo and I got the following from Mayo. Like it's evolved and it's still evolving. It's changing all the time, you know. We like I had no idea that it goes this. It was really just to have one. Ideally, what I wanted was a crap page, one of those sort of GA superstar pages that no one takes any heeds of, and just so I could follow local sport. And mm. it's mm. kind of evolved into that. It's and then a, I got heavily. In. It's a really interesting decision to go anonymous, essentially anonymous, because you have your voice. But it means that when you go to Crow Park. You don't get as many slaps on the back. But equally so, there are a lot of clubs out there who probably aren't too happy with you. And you can go to a Mitchells game or a Balladrine game and not have your tire slashed or anything like that. <laughs> well, the club the club scene isn't, a host, uh, isn't really that hostile at all. Uh, now, there, are, there will be players and there will be clubs at time. But, like, they have to take it and... They have to take it as it comes, you know. Like, I equally give as much praise. I'm not just some sort of kid that hides behind the the mask and abuses people like if, if people or clubs are doing well or things are going well I'll, I'll just really say it how it is I think that's probably why it kind of uh, is snowballed as well it's not the usual print media local media arse licking that you normally get mm. um, and it you know like I am a season ticket holder and especially at Mayo games I will be sitting in with all the, the, the lunatic Mayo fans and like sometimes I might be the most complimentary to the organisation or players as just you know not with it, with nothing without merit you know like I would would have reason for if I was to criticise someone so it's good for them not you know there's plenty of people that do know who I am now at this stage I have friends and stuff and you meet people at games and whatever else but yeah to to, to it, I think it added to it you know because 
there is no one looking for attention behind it. I think it, it makes people, especially in Mayo and Irish culture, when you're not a kid looking for attention or putting your face out everywhere, it does help the general public kind of warm shed that he's not looking for it. And I've, I've, I look, a lot of people have said it to me, you should never really show your face because it's better that way. It's just more of a, a bit of crack. And if you know, you know, it's part of the thing, you know. So, yeah, it, it, it's changing all the time. And like of a podcast now that it's, it's it's flying and it's getting bigger mm. and bigger and I'm getting invited onto other shows like you know it's mm. something that I'd never imagined mm. that happening. Mm. Here uh, we are talking on the on Jack the Jack McDonald show. show exactly. Oh, I suppose that's I've the, met it. <laughs> that's the other side of it. Sky Sports, all these people. It, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. Uh, or to any of those, you know, whatever you, you think of all those organizations, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to have our ref on when you can't see his face. Yeah, well, I've no interest in going on them. Like, I've absolutely no desire to be a local journalist or go on and talk absolute crap about stats. And, <laughs> like, the stuff you read on TV now and a lot of the podcasts or not, the stuff you watch on TV or listen to on the radio and the podcasts, it's all generic BS, really. It's nothing of any substance. Like, you're, you know, you're, you we. I see you had uh, George Hook on. I didn't see it or didn't read it or listen to it yet, but they're the type of characters I think people enjoy a lot more on TV because you've got 10 minutes. It's impossible to analyse a game in 10, 15 minutes. Mm. Like on the Sunday game, you know, you have Brawley with a loud wild one-liner or some mad opinion. It's good entertainment. Like if you want top-notch analysis, it's very hard. Like you probably watch Sky, they do it the best, but... If you're going to properly analyze a game, you're going to watch the full match and then, you know, you might might watch the Sunday game or even still the Sunday game doesn't show that much, but you'll watch it, you'll talk to people about it and you might have to read a couple of articles in the paper the next day. Proper, properly analyze a game, you won't do it in 10 or 15 minutes, so you're better off with the Brawley, George Hooks, the Eamon Dunphys. I'm a massive Dunphy fan. Mm. I just, them characters are crucial to, I think, to sports entertainment. I, I'm curious um, as to... Have you ever had anything prickly happen? Have you ever ever had death threats, anything like that? Because football, uh, I believe you actually say in your bio that it's just a game, but a lot of people take it as much more than that. Yeah, and that's the seriousness. That's the whole point of that thing I put in the bio. It was literally, it's only a game, like, would you relax? And the whole RF thing, like, it, grown men standing up at, at football matches, screaming, booing at a ref, like, come on, it's got too serious in some aspects and I think it's good to take a step back and see the funny side of things. Uh, I haven't got any death threats, no, but I have a lot of people that haven't been happy and I get plenty of messages from people who think I've maybe overstepped the line, but I am conscious of that. You know, I am, like, I wouldn't just go on a whim and, and, and start abusing someone. If I, ha if I see something that's not right, I'll say it within, and, 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 and for a reason, explain the reasons why I probably say it like it's not uh, I'm not out to mm. hurt anyone or other I just have an opinion mm. I say it and that's it it's not people all people don't agree with it and I think that's happens when you get to a stage when people listening you know going anonymous again is an interesting route because it also allows imitators somebody can come and say I'm RF2 or you know sorry lads the last account got hacked etc etc and you you know your you, your identity can be bought and sold a little bit because your face isn't out there. 
Is this a threat? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you mean. And a few people, um, a few people have, I have been sent stuff that they have um, not Photoshop, but they're just done it up on Snapchat. They might get an old tweet and white, white out the writing and, and, and type in their own ones and stuff like that, messing and stuff. But uh, it was, it did land me one day when I got that, um, when I got that WhatsApp, I was like, I didn't write this at all. Like, what the hell is this? Um, but no, I know what you mean. The stealing the identity. Uh, I suppose it could happen, but like, you want to be fairly desperate to go and look at an anonymous <laughs> person's identity. Like, there's been a couple of imitators tried the same thing, but it takes a lot of time to build up a a following. I suppose get a bit of like clout as well. You know, like you have to get a lot of things right or say a lot of things you know, and the rumors or whatever to get the right story and have it out there ahead of everyone else. And when you do it a few times, see, it all it takes is one bad story to ruin your credit a bit. So it's important to kind of just, you know, make sure you have it right before you go tweeting. And I'm a lot more cautious now than I was when I started because, and I'm sure you will fit, you'll find the same as well, Jack. Like it's easy to call people out when you're starting off and you think there's nothing of it. But when you're, when you've got skin in the game or it's worth something to you and you put a lot of work into it, you're a lot more cautious. I wonder, Ref, do you see yourself as a hero or a villain in the Mayo GA world? <laughs> That's a great question. That's a great question. Oh, no, I don't see myself as either. I just see myself as a guy that's not um, being quietened by someone else that has an opinion and he says it because there's an awful lot of censorship when it comes to local media and everything else like no one can really say what they really think so i just like to be one of the normal people that sits in the stand but people can also hear them as well and that has a uh, i don't even know like jack it's it's, it's <laughs> something that like i like people often ask me like i'm like what are you doing it for and like i don't know it just kind of just happened like i was um I was very devious online before the whole RF thing with other, you know, different accounts or whatever. I just having the crack and fooling people with certain things. But like, I like, I like having, having, having fun. I like having the crack of people. Making people laugh is probably the most important thing. And there's an audience out there of Mayo Club, Mayo GA members and club members that like you will have the quirky refs or you'll have the, the Stuart McHale Park that everyone knows about, but there's no real you know, focal point for all these, all this news or all these stories gathering. I think that's what the real um, core audience of the people were originally. And it's always changing. I suppose the pod takes up most of the time now and a lot of people listen, like, you know, and we're getting big numbers. It's growing all the time. I think people enjoy the fact that me and Enda aren't in, you know, we're not um, GA pundits per se. Or we're not people that... Um, we have to watch what we say. We can say what we want. And people take, enjoy that. They sit back, find it relaxing that there's just two normal guys shooting the breeze about GEA, sitting in a car recording a podcast. You know, it's very natural. Mm. I think people enjoy it a lot more because it is what it is. There's no bells or whistles. There's no professional editing or nothing. It's just literally press record and go. Well, certainly those big numbers are I have evident. You have hundreds, well, you well, you've certainly tens of thousands across Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, and it seems like anybody, especially of an older generation, the minute they download Instagram, 
they're thinking that they're going to get all these paid partnerships and, you know, why am not I instantly an influencer? You're a person who does command, uh, I suppose, an attraction towards advertisers. As a GAA fan page, is it a lucrative business? Could you live off it? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, you'd want to be like seriously a serious following or something that is different to everyone else but i wouldn't ever think i could live off it um like a lot of the stuff i would share and you probably do follow it jack you, like a lot of them are my mates or people i'd know would ask me to share something for them you know it's yeah. not like like i think i put up a thing about uh, sports massage guns last week and i literally put it in the bio i said i'm not this is a code if you want to buy the gun it's a mate of mine business it's, I don't care if you buy it or not. It's not going to put me up or down if a thousand people buy it. Mm. So, like the people, some people do, uh, some companies do come and ask, but they ask for like, you know, two, three or four posts a week and mentions and stories and like, you completely sell out then it and people will unfollow the page because they just think it's just another crappy little advertising page that's trying to make a few quid. So I'm very conscious. I'm very conscious of advertising on the page um, because it's not, you know, the be all and end all that I make a few quid from it because I still have a career outside of it. And, you know, that's more important to me when, when you're, when you get to my age, I'm in the thirties now, like, that you're, you know, you're, you're, you're thinking of your future. You're not just in your, when you're younger, you're like, oh, look, I'll do this, whatever you don't mind. But like, I'd be more conscious of not being a sellout than I would of, um, going down the advertising route but yeah there is chances to make money and like I do pull the piss out of myself on Twitter about the Shurigan Carablato because it is something that I do promote okay like you do I have a little bit of of, of advertising but it's nothing that it's uh, be worth talking about but I do make a joke about it myself I'm not oblivious to the fact that I am trying to trying to push something on people sometimes well, that's a good approach to have. Now, it's the on, only approach. Okay. Well, on Saturday is the first championship game of the season. Mayo will make the trip down to Sligo. And there's probably no better man than yourself, Ref, to ask to preview the game. Especially for those of us out there who don't know the names of the youngest up-and-coming talents. I mean, Kevin Rowland, God bless his heart, he'll tell you about a 15-year-old in Burrishul who's the next big thing. Myself and, and a huge portion of the Mayo uh, viewing public have no clue about most of these names. So can you give us a rundown as to what we might expect on on Saturday? Okay, so we'll expect a Mayo win. Um, the margin the bookies are given of the win will be plus 14 points. Um, I don't know if it's going to be that much, but I do think Mayo are going to win. Um, they have a young team. They have a lot of young up-and-coming footballers um, with a couple of experienced heads because, you know, um, Oshin Mullen was Young Player of the Year last year. Um, he'll be a big name in the future. And a Hessian cornerback from Gary Moore, I think he might be you know, still under 20s. And there's a lot of talk about if he does play for Sligo, himself and Jack Kearney from Kamina, they're both still eligible for the under-20 team. But if they play a minute of senior championship football, that takes them out of selection for the under 20 team which is a tough position to be in but just shows you that, that the, the talent that these young guys have Mayo are missing Killian O'Connor and Jermyn O'Connor will be missing as well which are two massive losses on a why is Jermyn out? Yeah, tw- twinge in his hamstring he is out with a hamstring injury they're both injured against Clare and in the league 
semi-final or playoff, whatever you want to call it. The last match Mayo played. So Killian's out for the season. I sh- I assume they're not going to risk Jeremy now at this stage. So now um, that's two big losses, but the Mayo still have way too much for the Sligo team. You know, they've bet Leitrim this year. They didn't play Champions last year, Championship last year because of COVID. They lost to Waterford last year. They lost to Wexford this year in the Shield final. Um, they lost to Loud. Like, they're not in a good place at the moment, Sligo football. Things that are going for them, they're at home. It's on Sky Sports. It's on a half four. It's not going to be a... If form, if form plays the way it should, Mayo should win this game comfortably, you know. But it's a good chance, I suppose, to watch these younger Mayo players and watch it, follow this Mayo team. Can we get a prediction for Saturday? Saturday, Mayo against Sligo. What do we think in a score-wise prediction? Uh, score-wise prediction, we'll go with a Mayo win by 12 points, which would be fairly commanding. Okay, okay. Uh, Sligo will come back into it and um, Mayo will put the foot down, put them away. Sligo will come back, chip a few points off the scoreboard. Mayo will run the bench and we'll all go home happy. Hopefully so. Well, that was our ref. His palms were sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. Shane, Sean, how are things? Shane, are you there? Hello. How are things? I'm here. Uh, Sean, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. How are you? Well, that's good to hear. So we've got our two. We've got our two. Well, we've got one contestant and one judge. So for those of you that weren't here on Tuesday night when we trialed this, basically in eight or nine hours, I will be going down to Port Leash and uh, unleashing mayhem in the National Driving Learner Centre. Hopefully. I will have studied enough to get up to those 40 out of 40 or at least 35 of those theory questions. But to kind of keep me in check and to train me along, we've been using Shane and various guests to keep me in shape. Now, Shane, how did I do last time? You did really well last time. I was actually very surprised. And I threw a few curveballs at you, but uh, you got two wrong and then the rest were pretty good. Well, there we go. So now, Sean is here because Sean has recently passed his driving test a year or two ago, I believe, Sean. November, yeah. November 2020, yeah. Well, there we go. So, Sean has gone through the process actually more recently than anybody else we could find, which means that we will be uh, playing another installment of this game. So, Shane, how many rounds do we have, roughly? I'm going to give around seven to eight rounds. Okay, that sounds good. Well, what I'm going to do is I will cue up the music now. Uh, This is our nice little countdown music, and I will let you, Shane, bring us in the first question. Okay, for the first question, where should L plate be displayed on a car for a learner driver? On the front only, both front and rear, on the driver's side only, or on the rear only? Shane, can you give me those options again? On the front only, the front and the rear, or option C, on the driver's side only, or option D, on the rear only. I'm going to go front and rear. Sean, that what do you say? Front and rear, yeah, 100%. That is correct. Point for each of you. Excellent stuff. Okay, point for each of us. Now, next question. When should children be allowed to drive a tractor? Children should never be allowed to drive a tractor. When is it being dri- when it's being driven at a very slow speed and without a, without a driver in front of them? When it's being driven at a very slow speed and not towing a trailer, or when accompanied by a fully licensed driver? Or our option E that I'm going to put it in when the turf needs to be hauled home. 
<laughs> you took my line I was going to say when silage season was about. Sean, what do you say? Today. Never. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say never as well, Shane. Yeah, well, that's a point for each of you again. It's getting kind of boring. Shane, can you up the ante, please? I've got you. This one's going to... You have to crunch the numbers for this one. Okay, okay. What is the maximum gross weight of a vehicle that may be driven by the holder of a Category B driving license? 3,250 kilograms, 3,500 kilograms, only 3,000 kilograms, or 3,450 kilograms. Sean? Um, I haven't done these questions, though, but 16, but I'm going to say B, I'd guess. Okay, yeah, I would probably go with the 3,500. Shane? That is correct on both parts. <laughs> You're making me look bad today. Yeah, it's a, you, I think you've been slacking, Shane. You said you were tired. You're tired enough to produce poor questions. Okay, I'm going to mix it up now. Unless, unless otherwise indicated, what is the maximum permissible speed for cars or motorcycles on national roads? The maximum. Now, option A, 60 kilometers an hour. B, 80 kilometers an hour. C, 100 kilometers an hour. Or option D, 120 kilometers an hour. Can you give us a quick rundown again, Shane? The maximum speed that you are allowed with motorcycles or cars on a road. 60, 80, 100, or 120. I'm going to go with 120. Sean? D, because more of it is a little faster on Shane? The answer is 100 kilometers an hour. Oh, so neither of us get a point there. I told you I get you. Yeah, and it's beneficial for Sean because he's already a danger to the roads. I need to manage <laughs> to flub through this. So what was that, 100 kilometers you said on, on national roads? 100 kilometers for both cars and motorcycles. Okay, okay. Right, uh, another question. Here we are. Here we go. What distance before a zebra crossing is parking prohibited? 5 meters, 20 meters, 10 meters, or 15 meters? I'm going to go with 5, Sean. Yeah, 5. I don't think it's 15 or 20. Well, lads, you're going to have to keep your distances. You're a danger to the road. 15 meters. Not even. No, I studied this. I remember studying this just before the gym. It's not... <laughs> what is it? <laughs> 15. Okay, 15, 15. So if I come to a zebra crossing... And um, I, I want to park beside it. I have to go 15 meters away from it. Yeah, otherwise you're a menace to the people on the crossing. Well, I'm already a menace, Shane. But uh, let's see. Another question. Another question. Okay. Within what distance of a road junction, not a zebra crossing, is parking prohibited? 15 meters, unless parking spaces are clearly marked. 20 meters, unless they're clearly marked. 5 meters or 10 meters. I feel like this is a double blind now. I feel like I'm getting flubbed here that I'm going to go with five. I'm going to stick with my uh, gut instinct. Sean? What was B? Five. Which one was ten? Uh, that's the last one. Option D. Sorry, yeah, ten. Ten, go on. Okay, well, Jack, you're glad you stuck to your guns. You're correct. Yes. Okay, so what's the score? The score is you are up by one. I'm up by one. Okay, okay, okay. So how many questions do we have left? You have one or two, whatever you want. 
Okay, depending well, if they need a tiebreaker. Okay, yeah, exactly. Okay, so we'll say if I if I get this one, I pull away and I win. But Sean Sean could still manage to stage a late uh, screamer. Okay, Shane, take it away. Is a driver permitted to park at an entrance of any property? Yes, for one hour between twenty three hundred hours to seven hundred hours. Yes, for one hour between seven hundred hours to twenty three hundred hours. Yes, within the property's owner's consent, or yes, outside business hours. I'm going to have to guess consent there. Sean? I'm going to say consent as well. You're both correct. Yes, okay, so we do need that tiebreaker, right, Shane? You're going to have to uh, get that uh, laptop out. It's time for the tiebreaker. Unless otherwise indicated, what is the minimum speed? For a caravan or a car, a car towing a caravan on a motorway. Maximum. What's the minimum? Maximum. Now your three, your four options are 100, 80, 120, or 90. I'm gonna go with 80 there, Sean. I'm gonna go 90. 90. Okay. Well, no, Jack, you've pulled away. Yes. <laughs> I've pulled away in my caravan, which I will be taking to Port Leash <laughs> tomorrow at nine o'clock, or sorry, rather six o'clock in the morning, which means I get about three hours sleep. Well, Shane, thanks for your help. You have potentially prepared me for this uh, debacle tomorrow. Sean, as always, thanks for your help. No problem. Well, that was Shane and uh, Sean O'Hora there to give us uh, a little light to the day. If you want a song requested, uh, of course, you can text us in at 087-935-0043 or uh, there's various other ways. You can email us at studio at crcfm.ie. Right, we're going to take another song and uh, kind of kick back and enjoy some of the music that this evening has to offer. This is Stormzy with Still Disappointed. I gather he's quite disappointed. He's yet to get on the stage. Okay, there he is. Support for the Jack McDonald Show is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming needs. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Now, Manscaped have just launched in Ireland, and we've gone years over here without using the right tools for the job. You can be one of the first men in Ireland to experience their life-changing products. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. When I tell you it's premium, I mean premium. The battery will last you up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents with their advanced skin-safe technology, pioneered by Manscaped. I've got it here in my hand, and while I don't know a lot about trimmers, it certainly is premium. Plus, the waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED, LED light, which illuminates areas for your choice. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TJMS at manscaped.com. So, that's 20% off and free shipping with the code TJMS when you go to manscaped.com. As I say, that's 20% off, free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code TJMS. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. 
Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Over the last 15 months, I'm sure we've all had a little of that. Well, BetterHelp is here to step in. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under just 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available which may not locally be available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room ever again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free of charge to change counselors if needed. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. It's more affordable than traditional online counseling and financial aid is available. So you're going to visit their website at betterhelp.com forward slash reviews to check out the testimonials that are posted daily. And if you want to avail of the special offer provided by BetterHelp to listeners of the Jack McDonald Show, go to betterhelp.com forward slash TJMS to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com forward slash TJMS. Yes, thank you, Laura, and thank you to everybody out there listening, tuning in from wherever you're tuning in. It's been truly a pleasure, as always, to share the airwaves. And, of course, we had Aref, the brilliant Shane O'Donoghue, and Sean O'Hora. So we are going to see how their, I suppose, rigorous training has fared up tomorrow, 6 o'clock in the morning. We put on the boots, we get into the car, and probably sleep for most of the time, get into the uh, test centre. I don't know, I, I presume it must be in some sort of cabin or something like that. 40 minutes and we will see how we fare. I'll get back to you tomorrow. And indeed, tomorrow I'm sure it'll be another excellent show as always. Now, if anybody wants to text in, you can text 0879350043. A lot of songs being played there, a lot of excellent music. But there has been one song requested quite a bit. And so this song goes out to about 10 million people, it seems, who have wanted to hear this. This is a young Dublin rapper coming up on the scene. This is AV9.